0: The controversy around the decision by the Therapeutic Goods Administration to allow authorized psychiatrists to prescribe psilocybin, that's the active ingredient of magic mushrooms, and MDMA for treatment-resistant depression and treatment-resistant post-traumatic stress disorder, respectively. Last week on the health report, Professor Pat McGorry was highly critical of the charity Mind Medicine Australia, which has been lobbying hard for psilocybin in particular. And I promised to get them on this week to answer the criticisms, some of which, by the way, aren't new. They were aired on Four Corners last year, and I you to watch that show. So, to that end, earlier today I spoke to Peter Hunt, who chairs Mind Medicine Australia. My pleasure. Now, Pat McGorry made the point last week on the health report that psilocybin, in his view, was too risky to study because he'd seen too many young people become psychotic on it.
1: Yeah, I think what Pat's talking about is recreational use. And what we're talking about here is medical use. Firstly, any family history of psychosis is screened out pursuant to the protocols before a person gets access to these therapies. But secondly, if you look through all of the trials, and there have been a large number of them, there is no evidence of psychosis.
0: Given that the Therapeutic Goods Administration has rejected this in the past, what made them accept it this time? I think the wealth
1: of data. I mean, what's been happening, uh, Norman, over the last few years is that more and more universities around the world have been uh, developing trials and the good results have led to for-profit companies also coming in and funding trials. It was really the weight of evidence. And I think what Pat forgets is that the TGA process is a 12-month long process and it's pretty arduous. Our application is on public record, and fortunately we're able to persuade the TGA that based upon the evidence, these medicines should be rescheduled to schedule on a limited, stroke-restricted basis. Where
0: is the psilocybin going to come from?
1: It's going to come from North America, and we're in the process of finalising supply arrangements, so there will be a secure supply of psilocybin in this country at GMP medical grade.
0: Is My Medicine Australia going to become the sponsor, in other words, the selling agent for these drugs in Australia? We will be the facilitator. Well, it's one thing to be a facilitator. The other is the drugs have got to be sold and distributed. Are yep. you going to be the seller and distributor of psilocybin in Australia?
1: We can't be the distributor. Distribution has to occur through pharmacists with the requisite licences. My medicine will never, ever get control of the medicines themselves, nor should we. They need to go through the Schedule 8 supply chains. Which are supply chains that are used all the time in this country. So no, I, I,
0: I understand that, but there's a well. You're talking about well tried systems. Well tried systems is that you have a pharmaceutical company that becomes the sponsor. We produce very few drugs in Australia, so virtually every pharmaceutical company in Australia is taking drugs that are been manufactured overseas, and then sell them, to you know, wholesale them to pharmacists, and pharmacists then distribute them to the, the community. So I'm not suggesting you're going to become a pharmacist, but you going to become effectively the pharmaceutical company that brings them in and then distributes them to the pharmacists for an ongoing sale. In other words, what the TGA would call a sponsor.
1: The medicines will actually be brought in by the pharmaceutical company. What we're doing is making sure that the costs associated with it are properly underwritten and the medicines can be provided as cheaply as possible. In other words, the last thing we want to see are medicines coming into this country with massive margins so that the therapies become unavailable to people on lower income levels.
0: So the pharmaceutical company that produces in the United States will have an office opened here and they'll be the sponsor?
1: Uh, Norman, you're just going to have to wait until the announcement comes out in the next few days. I can't actually front run an announcement.
0: Right. But is there a situation where Mind Medicine Australia could become the commercial organisation that brings in the drugs and sponsors them through the system?
1: We will never be a commercial organisation. We're a registered charity and we're driven by charitable intent and that is the alleviation of suffering. But what we do do is we facilitate and we underwrite to ensure that these medicines can come into this country at affordable prices so people can access
0: them. So you'll negotiate the price with the pharmaceutical company? That's correct. When can we expect an announcement about the import and distribution of GMP quality psilocybin?
1: I'm hoping this week, Norman, but as you would understand, nothing is announceable until a deal is signed.
0: Last year's Four Corners, which I'm sure you don't remember with <laughs> pleasant memories, was quite critical of Mind Medicine Australia, particularly your training scheme and the charges, the $9,000 charge through, I think it's a for-profit part of Mind Medicine Australia. And people who'd been going through it who complained that way of the cost and B, that it wasn't an accredited training scheme. I think well over 200 psychiatrists have gone through your training scheme. Can you just confirm the status of that and the quality assurance that goes on in that training scheme?
1: It's 240 have graduated so far, but that's not just psychiatrists. It's psychotherapists, psychologists. The course itself was stated by Professor David Nutt, who's head of neuropsychopharmacology at Imperial College London and one of the leading experts in these therapies globally, as in quotes. The best course of its kind in the world, the faculty is full of international experts. When you start a new area of medicine, it takes some time for a course to become accredited by university bodies. It just takes time. And
0: that will happen in due course. Now, one of the issues with psilocybin therapy is that it's really the evidence internationally of psilocybin-assisted therapy, that you've actually got to go through your psychedelic experience, to obtain the clinical benefit. And psychotherapy, therefore, is a critical part. And the psychotherapy yes. has not been properly evaluated. That's one issue. And the other issue is that it's impossible to have a placebo controlled trial because you've got to have a psychedelic experience to actually get the benefit. That microdosing probably doesn't work.
1: The microdosing, I, I think you're, you're right, by itself doesn't work. There's a number of myths that have been pushed around about these therapies. And the one is that there's not a lot of trial evidence. When you actually go back and look at psilocybin, there are a significant number of trials. I think there were nearly 2,000 people went through trials prior to prohibition. Since starting again in the early 2000s with research, you've again seen a large number of trials take place. So this argument that there's not data around that can actually assist you prove efficacy is a nonsense, and the TGA went through the data painstakingly and also engaged an expert panel to do exactly the same thing.
0: And what about the psychotherapy aspect of it? That's considered essential.
1: It is essential. And psychotherapy has been used
0: in virtually all
1: of the trials to date.
0: The standardized protocol for the psychotherapy rather than them doing whatever they feel like?
1: Yes. I mean, the, the protocols may vary slightly, but
0: they follow a common theme. Now, do you believe this can be delivered by psychiatrists using telehealth?
1: You know, I I don't pretend to be a clinician, so all I can do is talk to psychiatrists and get their views. And what they tell me is that they think that the screening process can be done through telehealth. So you'll see if you can
0: qualify for treatment-resistant depression, but the actual treatment itself by the psychiatrist needs to be face-to-face.
1: Absolutely. It has to be done in a medically controlled environment with two therapists in the room at all times.
0: Are you worried just finally that this could open the floodgates? No, because it won't open
1: the floodgates. What we are talking about doing is sponsoring a university to establish a registry to get real-time information back from psychiatrists and their patients about how they're going with the treatments. But I don't think it's going to start in a big way. It'll start slowly and cautiously and then expand
0: based upon results. Peter, thanks very much for joining us on the Health Board. My pleasure. Peter Hunt is chair of Mind Medicine Australia and you can hear my interview with Professor Pat McGorry on last week's Health Report podcast. Listen to more great
1: stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.